Cahan is supported in part by Hilltop Broadband. Hilltop Broadband for residential and business wireless internet service. Servicing Salida and Poncha Springs in Chaffee County, as well as areas in Fremont County, Custer County, and more. To experience the Hilltop difference and request new customer information, email info at hilltop-broadband.com or call toll-free 877-783-2889. Cahan is supported in part by Little Red Hen Bakery, located at 302 G Street in downtown Salida. Little Red Hen specializes in hometown fresh-baked bread, bagels, and treats, all made with organic and local ingredients. A full menu, including the wood-fired oven schedule and daily specials, can be found on their Facebook page at Little Red Hen Salida. K-Hen and Little Red Hen, just two hometown chickens working to keep Salida, Salida. Well, welcome, friends. Welcome to another edition of On the Rails with me, your host, Forrest Whitman. I'm still sitting back here in the KHEN caboose and uh, just looking forward to a nice chat today. Uh, it's a little windy. It's, we're moving into the fall season when it gets a little cool back here in the caboose. So sometimes I get a little coal fire started in the in the old stove back here, even though we should be moving away from fossil fuels, it it makes me feel better. And of course, up up in the head end, up the the head end, that's so important. That's where the engine is, after all. Not back here in our, my caboose, but but that's where Rick White is hanging out. He is the engineer who just scans scans ahead so that we don't run over anything. And do you want to say anything, Rick, from up there? Yeah, thank you, Forrest. Um, I will tell you this. There are tumbleweeds coming across the tracks like crazy up here, but I think we'll be okay. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Well, I want to introduce our guest in the right way. Alan Lane is not only an authority on railroad history in the West, he's read a lot about it, and it puts him kind of in that authority position with the rest of us who read a lot and have ideas. And he was on this trip just yesterday with me and with Freight Train Wayne. Don't forget him. He's an authority. And uh, and Pete Bond. And we went, we, we, we retraced the Grape Valley route of the old Denver and Rio Grande Western Railway. Now, why that's so interesting is that's because that's the attempt that uh, Palmer, president of the Rio Grande, and and his engineers made to try to get out of the valley. That is, the the valley, if we can describe this in some way, the valley around the valley around the Royal Gorge was was always a problem for them, and they always hoped that they could find a way to get out of. What what today we we call uh, the springs down there and 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 head up and over some pass or another it would be great and uh, but that attempt never really worked and part of it might have been the grade itself 
uh, there were there were some eight percent, ten percent grades in there. Now, what what that meant was that, of course, you almost had to have pretty much a brakeman for every two cars to run along the top of the cars, cramp down those brakes using a big old Indian club. They called them. They were uh, kind of a kind of a maple or ash hard club that they would put around the brake wheel, turn the brake wheel, and that would turn the brakes and the slow down the descent of, of the train as it came down out of the, uh, well, out of the top. And uh, that, that was a wonderful attempt, certainly by the late 1880s, an attempt that they began to think was doomed. <laughs> they really began to think they were, they were not just going to be able to get up and get out of the valley. And do we have any, any other comments from other historians out there? Forrest, it sounds like you were there. I I felt <laughs> like I was there, as a matter of fact. I mean, can you imagine being a brakeman in those days? Wow. You're running across the top of your two cars and you're 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 heading down down grape down the grape creek drainage. Uh, you're 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 gaining speed. You know you're gaining speed. Uh, the engineer is already giving you a little little toot, a little nudge of a toot, a little ah, uh -uh, just to say we're we're gaining a lot of speed. Um, they would they would be start to sand. They would put sand on the on the tracks. There was a big big uh, sand cubicle up in the engine. And that was under some pressure, and uh, the he would you'd be putting out sand, but you're still starting to wonder. You're starting to worry. You're going to say, "Oh my God, am I going to make it?" Now we've seen photos of what happened. We have seen plenty of photos about what happened when they didn't make it. All those cars scattered along the ground. There were not many injuries. Mostly because those crews, when they saw it coming, they jumped. They 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 <laughs> jumped toward the high side and um, uh, climb up the the walls of that canyon because they didn't want to be there when that engine flipped over on the side or those cars uh, flipped over on the side. So it was all a pretty dramatic area and was really fun for the four of us. To get back there and see it, we we were able to drive most of the way. Just reminds you of how vital railroading was in that period, and and how uh, really how how difficult it was, and how how kind of scary it was too. Well, the thing about Grape Grape Creek was that it's a, it drains out of the Sangres, so even once they came through the uh, once they broke through. Uh, they couldn't get over the Sangres. So they so yes. it wound up being a spur to the mines around Silvercliff and Rosita. So it wound up being a, a way to get the, the, the ore out of uh, <clears throat> that mining area. And it was there was a it was a tight squeeze because beyond where we went, Great Creek goes through a, a narrows area where it's called the tights. I'm not sure how they I'm not too sure how they got through there. In, yet, a spring, in a spring runoff, there's not much room in there to... to uh... No. And maybe that's why it was such a perilous run and, and mm -hmm. why they... Why by all through the 18... 
through the 1860s and so on, why they were concerned that the Denver, Rio Grande and Western would not be able to compete with the Santa Fe Railway. Right. Because of course the Santa Fe was offering, well, service. They offered service to Pueblo, Colorado. And here our native railroad, the one I kind of like, the Denver, Rio Grande and Western, was competing with this big transcontinental railroad, namely the Atchison, Topeka, and the Santa Fe, which we know is our engineer up, up in the front. He's, <laughs> oh, 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 all yeah. right, go ahead and say no, just go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I've heard of them, the Santa Fe, the chief. <laughs> hey, I want, uh, let me just back this up a little bit. Uh, so in these grades that were 8% or better, there wasn't a problem getting the empty trains up. It was more a problem of breaking the trains once they were loaded on the way down the hill. Is that that was the problem. Interesting. And remember what they're hauling out is all for the CF&I, Colorado Fuel and Iron. iron. Uh, they, this, this, what they're going to do with this stuff is make iron. They're going to melt it down and make it into pig iron. That's 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 what they're doing. Yes, there was some silver up there. I don't know if there was ever any gold up there. And yeah, they were they were taking out some precious metals, but mostly what that whole railroad was about was coal for the coking ovens. And we'll get into those in a second. Coal for the coking ovens and also um, iron ore which they were going to use to, to for Colorado fuel and iron to to make iron. So, and all that stuff is, is heavy. The silver ore was not that heavy. And well, it was heavy, but it, you know, it, it wasn't what would cause, cause all these wrecks. The wrecks were because of the, uh, because of the uh, iron making process. And I don't know, do I hear any, Firsts or seconds on that from down below here, or from our panel. No, that's 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 pretty much it. Yeah, the uh, iron was a useful material for the rail for the railroads themselves, uh, and the, and of course the coal that they used for coke, because uh, uh, some of the lines were just built basically to supply the railroad, not necessarily to uh, for. Uh, industrial travel or tra traffic that is specifically for the railroad, but this definitely was an iron, was an ore uh, carrying line. And you mentioned uh, Forrest, You mentioned pig iron. Is yeah. would you make rail out of pig iron, or did you make cannonballs, or did you make pig iron needs to be processed? So I think yeah, you could make some. I don't think you make steel from pig iron. I think you need to pure grade, but pig iron is definitely processed into other, other types of, of, of uh, iron manufacturing. I think, I'm pretty sure it'd go under rails. Yeah, and the pig iron is the basic stuff that you get. And when you, you see, you've seen pictures of these big kettles where they heat this stuff down in a sort of a molten iron that they call basic iron or pig iron, yeah. Well, and it had to be hot. The other thing we saw, we didn't really go over and look at them, but there are coking ovens all along. In fact, between K 
can between Canyon City and say Salida, I bet there were 30 uh coking stations and and they throw the coal in there, burn it down, then they shut down the the oxygen. So that there's there's nothing in there but the burning coal and it it reduces itself to coke, which is um really burns really, really burns hot. Really hot. Mm -hmm. And so that's why the coking stations along there. You can still see the ruins of those coking stations, even from Highway 50. Yeah. So where we started out was where uh, Grape Creek crosses under underneath Highway 50. Can you picture that sort of? Yeah. Parked it. Parkland. Yeah. When you go down to, to Parkland, you, you, you take Fremont 3, if you're headed uh, west on 50, east on 50, you take uh, Fremont uh, back up towards uh, West Cliff. Actually, it winds up going into the, that that road winds up uh, wandering back into um, uh, Royal Gorge. <clears throat> we went a little further than that up towards Temple Canyon Park. It's a park owned by Canyon City, filled full of trails and, and beautiful scenery. It's gorgeous. It's a dirt road back up in there, but it's not a, it's a well-maintained road. Definitely a good, good, a good enough road for our kind of yeah, sightseeing. Yeah, my my regular old car would have made it made it fine. You don't need high clearance or four-wheel drive or anything. The Grape Creek Trail is now a great a trail. Uh, head is right there at that crosses the Temple Canyon Road, and uh, you can park right there. At it looks like a, a road building or a park building of some sort. Unfortunately, the signage is not very good. It's been out, been out in the sun too long. It's yeah. kind of hard to read. Too long in the wind, too long in the rain. Yeah. Like, like the old song says. But it crosses the rail bed, the, what was the original rail bed, and that is now the trail that follows Grape Creek, uh, up Creek, towards West Cliff. The trail itself peters out after a while because you wind up having to cross the the creek itself on the trail. And because of the water that comes through the canyon, there were several washouts. So sometimes you can hit the trail, the rail bed, and sometimes you're back walking by the mm -hmm. creek. So it's not a consistent uh, trail all the way up, but it's still, <laughs> it follows the grade up. So it's a nice gentle grade to go up for a walker. It's a nice gentle grade to go up the, up the creek. The creek is always always has water in it. it. Seems to always always be full. I don't know how far you can go. I understand that you can come back from the other direction. That it it does connect with another trail further up. The trail itself is in the uh, Great Creek uh, Wilderness Study Area. So it's the BLM studying it, turning it back into wilderness. But which we can hope for, yeah. Which we can hope for. It's really beautiful. And also, right now, it's being threatened because that there's an Australian gold mining company that wants to come back in and start mining in that area. So they're 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 on the they're in the permit process right now. But I don't know how far they've gotten. And I don't know. I was trying to figure out exactly on our trip exactly where they were going. I thought it was further up the creek, and I talked to some friends this morning. Who said no, it's further down closer to Canyon City, but they want to infringe on the Temple Canyon Park with their rights. 
I think it would be underground rights and not above ground rights uh, through there. And why don't you tell the listeners what mm. Temple Canyon Park? Well, it's a temple. It's a it's the temple was the the rock formations in there uh-huh. look like a temple. That is, it looks like there are altars. It looks like there are angels. You can, I don't know if if, if you want to, you could you could see all sorts of temple like structures in Temple Canyon. Oh, so that's why it's called that. And it is, it, I don't know much about its history. I know the city there um, views it, I think, as an asset. I mean, they've done some things. They've put up some, what, picnic tables? They've... Picnic tables and shelters, and they, they maintain the road, and they're overlooked and, and so forth throughout the park. It's not a, it's not a huge park, but it, it's a good-sized park. But it's not it's not in Canyon City. You have to go up the out of town and into the mountains to get to it. I see. Yeah. And and that is off of what the you mentioned before, uh Fremont County Road three. It's Road three. three. But if Fremont. you're coming from Canyon City, I'll tell you in a minute. It's basically the extension of South First Street will will pull you up there. I don't see the street huh. name. Yeah, it's called Temple Canyon Road. It runs into First Street Extension out of out of Canyon City, uh, across the river from Highway 50. And uh, I, it looks to me like it's certainly used by the um, by the citizens up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it you know it, it looks like people have uh, picnic there. I don't know what else they do. I there I don't think they allow shooting, right? Don't know. I, I I think that was one of their rules. Huh. Yeah, I don't remember what was on the sign. I know that there are no ATVs in that area. Uh, there there is further down the mountain, but not up in the park. So it's really really pretty beautiful uh, area. And um, really, as I say, if you're looking at all at, at Colorado history, I mean this this is where the dispute was about who was going to really control um, early days in Colorado. And these we look back at those fights and we say, ho-hum, well, there's a fight between the gold bugs and the silver bugs, the gold uh, believers and the silver believers, as far as metallic standards are concerned. But, uh, but these people would march through the night with torches, run into other torch marchers, they would beat each other up. The ambulances would line up. Now they didn't have guns, fortunately, so there weren't a lot of of deaths. But um, if if you said to somebody, "I'm for a gold standard," that if they happen to be a silver standard person, why that that could be the end of the relationship, right there. I mean, we look back at that and we say, "Well, God, what you know what." Why would put that much effort into it? Or for that matter, why put that much effort into what, whether you were a Denver and Rio Grande Western person that our Colorado's feisty little native railroad that we all love, or were you a lover of that Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe cross <laughs> of J.K. of J.K. Holiday, old Holiday who lived in 
in Pasadena and had a big mansion. And who did you like? Now, I'm going to stop right there because otherwise Rick will cut the show off. <laughs> we, let's give let's give Rick. You want some equal time on that one or? No, uh, no, no. I, I've I've been able to season and bolster myself over the uh, years that I've been helping you with this show for us, <laughs> and um, it, it remains a constant verbal battle between us, and uh, I can't help it. The Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe put bread on our table in my family. And, um, I'm a fan. Look at look at what a robust 60-something-year-old guy I am. But you anyway, are robust. We haven't started talking about the dinosaurs. We certainly haven't started talking about the issue of Dr. Robinson. Well, we're just going to have to come back. We're going to have to have a break, and we're going to have to come back. One of the things about this is all the... Beyond the, the trail where we went, the bed is actually the, uh, now a road bed. And what I'd like to do next time on the trip is to go to, from West Cliff to follow the road bed down. It, uh, Great Creek runs through a reservoir uh, just south of, of uh, West Cliff. Uh, that's where it heads down, it, down its canyon because uh, they've got a uh, now I, I can't even remember the name of the reservoir there. But I'd like to follow the road bed where the uh, railroad came out of the canyon and came across the valley into West Cliff and, and Rosita. That would be nice to see it from that end, too. I keep thinking that there must be a, a way up there that you could, um, oh, uh, somehow, well, I couldn't anymore, but, but uh, a robust hiker ought to be able to get out of the top, hit the very beginning of Grape Creek, and then somehow follow Ray follow down and see where, first of all, where where were these washouts? These must have been spectacular. On the US GPS map, they show ruins on the where the rail bed was. And it I don't know, it, it even looks like that, that they're showing rails still in place. But I don't believe that's true. Between Sawmill Gulch and Pine Gulch on the map, you'll see a place for ruins, which I think were settlers and not railroad. Well, but, that would work too because yeah, where, where, and, where the gulch widens up wide enough, you know, settlers would have been in there for ranching and not necessarily the railroad ruins. But I'd like to, I'd like to be able to get back in there to to check out the ruins and see what they actually are. But yeah. I was going to say, not to mention the, the mines. Yeah. The mines, right? Great Creek is a is a very long creek. I mean, it starts all the way up in the Sangres and it empties into the Arkansas at uh, Highway 50 just before you turn into go to Canyon City. So it, it's a good long drainage uh, through there. Yeah, and, and a big one, too. Yes, and a big one. And a big one, too. Boy, I tell you, you think about that. You think about what it would be like to go to work in the morning, and you're looking up at those clouds and saying, man, if it cuts loose up high, we're going to feel it down here. Yep, yep, um, yep. And, of course, in those days, it was it was a lot more primitive than what we have now in terms of the, oh, really the ability to s sort of have an idea when the rain was going to fall, although we're not that good at it even now. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? We th we think we know what's going to what's going to happen, but it may happen. It may not happen. Yeah. Well, okay. So then we've got all of these factors sort of coming together and 
which we were able to see as we drove around. Part of the other thing we're oh, I'm hoping about this show is that maybe somebody will listen to it and say, whew, that's a trip I want to take. Um, you know, I, I'm always hoping that we can get somebody out there taking taking the trip after hearing hearing this show. We are, now we're going to have to take a break. We do have to take a break. Okay, we're back here in the caboose, and we got the old cold stove going, so we're 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 warmer than we had been in the past. Toasty, we, toasty, toasty. We have Alan Lane. Whenever we get him on this show, it's always always fun. And of course, we've got Rick White up in the engine, and of course, me, Forrest Whitman, in the caboose, <clears throat> and we're all out here doing on the rails. And we're going to be back after this break to continue with this fascinating history of Grape Creek, of all that the, the Denver Rio Grande Western invested in the Grape Grape Creek uh, experiment, and um, also some reasons about why Westcliff is even there. And about Dr. Robinson, the famous Dr. Robinson, poker player with uh, the president of the DNRGW. All right, we got to stop now. That's it. We'll come back. Uh, eyeball. Eyeball. Cahen is sponsored in part by Soulcraft Brewing, Salida's hometown brewery, offering a large selection of traditional and seasonal craft beers. Their spacious patio features cozy fire pit tables for outdoor warmth on chilly days. Fresh food is served daily at the Soul Shack food truck, featuring snacks like wings and pretzels, and full meals like sandwiches, burgers, and a delicious brunch on Sunday. Soulcraft is open daily for happy hour, lunch, and dinner.